Thank you for tuning in to Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Steve Owens. If you would like to find out more information about this podcast or other resources, go to ctfboulder.com. It's just exciting times we live in, and I don't think people realize, uh, I don't think people realize how fast the gospel is advancing during this time of lockdown around the world. I don't think people even have a, a small inkling of how fast. I, I've been saying every week, but it just seems like more and more people that would never have time for church, never have time for God, are texting, they're emailing, they're asking questions. I mean, I have friends from all over the world that people I was in the army with, different people from around the world that never wanted anything to do, used to give me a hard time when I'd put Christian posts that are now asking questions. And so it's just a, it's an opening, and we can look at this as a curse, or we can look at this as what it really is. It's just an opening. Whatever the enemy means for evil, God is going to use it for good, and we need, to be, we need to be focusing in on what God is using for good. Amen? So somebody posted this yesterday, the story, and uh, it just really fit in what I was going to talk about today. I'm talking about uh, the kingdom of God is really worth it. And uh, it says, before he died, a father said to his son, here's a watch that your grandfather gave me. It's almost 200 years old. Before I give it to you, I want you to go to the jewelry store downtown and tell them that you want to sell it and see how much they'll offer you. The son went to the jewelry store and came back to his father and said, they offered me $150 because they said it's so old. So the father said, now I want you to take it down to the pawn shop and see what they say. And the son went down to the pawn shop and he came back to his father and said, the pawn shop offered me $10 because they said it's all worn. Then the father asked his son, I want you to go down to the museum and I want you to show them the watch. So when he went down to the museum, he came back and said to the father, the curator offered me $500,000 for this watch. He said, it's a rare piece and it was to be included in their precious antique collection. And the father said, I want to let you know <laughs> that the right place values you in the right way. Don't find yourself in the wrong place and don't get angry if you're not valued. Those that do not know your value are those who do not appreciate you. And, they don't, and don't stay in a place where nobody sees your value. See, I think so many times we hear how what, other people are saying about us, we hear what we're saying about ourselves, but we don't really see the real value in who we are and what we're doing. I think sometimes we try to be so many different things to so many different people that we miss out. Abraham Lincoln said, don't worry when you're not recognized, but strive to be worthy of recognition. See, the kingdom of God is worth it. The kingdom of God and pursuing after the kingdom of God is absolutely 100% worth it. We should be pressing in to all the king has for us. 
I, I think about the disciples when they were on the boat and the storm came and Jesus was just sleeping. And they were all up in arms and they, they finally woke him up and they said, what are you doing? You know, we're going to die. I, I encourage you to go back and, and read that whole story. Because they had just came where they seen him feed thousands of people and had leftovers out of nothing. They had just seen all the miraculous things. And the story doesn't even tell us, but all you have to do is look at the life of Jesus when he's there and there's 5,000 men there. Not only did he feed them all, I guarantee you the lepers were cleansed. The blind saw, the deaf heard, the mute spoke, the lame got up and walked. Tumors left people's bodies. There was, there was a rash, there was a full-on rash of healings. All those people weren't following just to hear a good message. They weren't following just because he had something great to say that inspired them. They were following, why? Because there was a manifest presence of the kingdom of God had come to that place. And after seeing all these great miracles, the next thing they do is they get in the boat, and when everything comes, they're screaming, oh God, we're gonna die. How could you even think that? But yet that's what we do. This comes upon us and all of a sudden we give up on everything God's been saying. You know what, it's not a time to shrink back, it's a time to step out and be who God's called you to be. It's not a time, like Abraham Lincoln said there, it's not a time to worry about not being recognized, it's a time to step up and to be recognized. And it doesn't matter if people recognize you. You know what? When you step up, things are going to change. In Matthew chapter 13, it's the parable of the pearl of great value. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. See, Jesus wrapped most of his most significant teachings about the kingdom in parable form. He did parables like jokes that have good punchlines. Not like the ones I tell, more like the ones Elaine tells. <laughs> There's eight parables in Matthew 13. It's, thir it's Jesus' third great discourse in Matthew. And all of those are in parable form. There, there's, there's no exception. Jesus invites people to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He's bringing it down to earth. He's not bringing it in a theological sense. He's bringing it down to earth and he says, here's a story you can relate to so you can understand how this has really played out. For us today, we don't have to know Greek and Hebrew to understand what he's saying, is that when you find something great in the kingdom and, and God is speaking to you that this is for you, you should abandon everything to go after what he's called you to do. And you have to know that if he's revealing that thing to you, that he's gonna provide along the way. And I'm not talking about crazy abandonment where you just like quit your job and give up everything unless he tells you that. What I'm talking about is go after it with all your heart. Start laying other things aside and say, God, if this is what you have for me. 
You know what? Sometimes God has us lay things aside that are very dear to us just to prove that we're willing to follow after him. He's just testing our heart and says, you know what? You keep asking for more of me, but what are you going to do about it? I mean, one of my greatest examples for years has been so many people run up to an altar and they say, Lord, here I am, send me. And they don't even have a passport. God isn't going to just transport you to another country. I mean, he can, but he's just not going to transport you. If you're really saying, God, here I am, send me, then you can't be stacking up credit card debt. You, you can't be in a place where you can't go. You have to start showing internal control. You have to have a passport. You have to be willing to go. And you know what? Sometimes when he calls us to go, it might not be the place that we thought we wanted to go. But I guarantee you, if you go where he's calling you to go, if you're willing to lay down those things and go after that pearl of a great price, God is gonna show up in ways you've never dreamed or imagined. And I guarantee you this, that when you do that, you come back a different person. You come back changed from your very core. Jesus described the kingdom in terms of results, sower and soils. In terms of reality, mustard seeds and leaven. In terms of revelation, when he talks about weeds and wheat as well as the dragnet. In terms of revelance, hidden treasure and pearls and a merchant. You know, Jesus packages parables so that people could really understand the kingdom. He was packaging parables so that you didn't have to go to the religious leaders because you know what? God never expected to do stuff through the religious leaders. He wants us to have that personal relationship with him. When we get the mindset that only certain people can do things, then you're missing the whole point of the gospel. You know what? Jesus just didn't die for your leaders so your leaders could lead you through things. He died for you so that you could advance the kingdom right where you're at. And the great part is, it isn't going to look like what everybody else is doing. And the great part is, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Don't try and be who you're not. Be who you are. Perhaps arrangement says that to us, the value we place on God's reign now is going to determine our own value in the end. That value is going to determine our value. If we're valuing what God values, then things are going to be different. In some ways, God's rule is like the pearl. It's just like the pearl merchant. The merchant sought after the pearl, and the kingdom itself is worth searching for. Amen. 
You know what? Some people have to search for the kingdom. Some people have to search for the kingdom, but it's not true for everyone. Sometimes the kingdom just shows up on your doorstep. Some people have to strive and some people have to press in. Some people, you know, I I have pastor friends and they say, Steve, how come you don't take prayer seriously? You know, I I, I fast all the time, I pray for hours and they they say, "You're you're just not serious about it. But you know the reality is, if God tells me to fast and then he gives me an answer, if he tells me to fast for three weeks and he gives me an answer on the first day, guess what, I'm eating. (laughs) I don't have to keep on because once I got the answer God told me to seek after, then I don't have to keep on. But you know what, that's not true for everybody. Sometimes God tells people to do that for a reason. I remember when I first got saved, there was this man that came to the church and he was teaching on spirit-led evangelism and his name was Francis Infuso. And the next year he came back. He so radically changed my life. It was the first prophetic word I ever got and he just changed my life. And he didn't do it. Him just being willing to share changed my life. And so the next year when he came, I was working at the church and so I got a chance to spend time with him when he was setting up and I said, Francis, how how can you stand up there and prophesy over 500 people you've never met and every single solitary word be dead on accurate? How do you hear like that? You know, I was a new Christian. And he said, well, I pray three times a day, I fast one day a week, I fast one week a month, and I fast one month a year. He goes, the first quarter of the year, I go out and do ministry all by myself. The second quarter of the year, I bring my family with me just on the weekends to wherever I'm ministering. The third quarter of the year, my family travels with me full time, and the fourth quarter of the year, I don't do any ministry at all, I just prepare for next year. And I said, wow, this is gonna be awesome. And then you try and step into those shoes, and it's impossible, why? Because that's not what God called me to do. I think about when you, when you listen to people like Andrew Walmack. Some people have to prepare for weeks. He says, I haven't written any notes down in years. He goes, I just step up and I say what God tells me to say. You know what? It's not that he's just flippantly coming off, off the cuff. The fact is he has such a relationship with God, he doesn't have to write down notes. He already knows God. He knows the scripture. And when he steps up, God starts giving him what the audience at that time needs. Now, is that gonna work for everybody? Absolutely not. Don't be who you're not, be who you are. It's just a, it's not a canned thing. It's not a A, B, C, D. It's not like you just read the instructions and you can do it that way. The only instruction is, hear what God is saying. That's why Jesus taught in all these parables. Some find the kingdom almost accidentally, like the man plowing in the former parable. And others, after an intense search, like Anna in Luke chapter two, or the eunuch in Acts chapter eight, or Cornelius in Acts 10, or the people of Berea in Acts 17. 
When you read through the scripture, different people run into God in different ways. Different people are introduced to the kingdom in different ways. And I got to tell you is, there is no one way. And for us to start judging and saying, this way's right and this way's wrong, we're wrong. You know what? God is God and he's going to reach people where they're at. The good news of the early preachers is that the kingdom can start to be found once the search has started. In Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 27, it says, they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him, and then they'll find him. Yet he's actually not far from each one of us. I think sometimes we spend all this time trying to find God in how much we're reading or how much we're praying or how much we're attending church. All those things we have to do. But you know what? It isn't when we do them. It isn't the intensity we do them with. It isn't, you know, it's just because somebody does it one way. That doesn't mean that's the way God works with you. And there's a huge balance. I mean, we, we swing the pendulum just like in everything. We swing the pendulum over here where it's just a free-for-all and you just do whatever, whenever. Or we swing the pendulum over here where if I don't pray at 6 o'clock in the morning from 6 to 7 and do... <laughs> you know what? It's, it's either and or. But what's more important is hearing from God or what he wants you to do. Jesus pronounced a word of congratulations on those who hungered for it in Matthew 5, 6. And on those who sought after it in Matthew 6, 33. See, there were, there were some that were hungering for it, and he said, well done. And there's some who were seeking after it, and he said, well done. It wasn't that one was better than the other. It wasn't that one got more than the other. They both got the fullness of the kingdom in their life. The kingdom was fully revealed. It's not how we dress. It's not the version of the Bible we read. You know what the best version of the Bible is? The one you read. <laughs> the merchant sacrifice for the pearl and I got to tell you, the kingdom is worth sacrificing for. I think sometimes we just look at what we're going to lose if we do this. Uh, just, just personal testimonies. Uh, I was thinking the other day, I just got my motorcycle out of the shop. I had a leak in it and I had to take it into the shop because I didn't have time to pull it apart and fix the leak. And I was riding and I was saying, man... I, I really, really miss, I had this beautiful road glide and I had it all fixed up with exactly how I wanted it. I had it painted. I'd worked on it for a long time and it was just the most beautiful and the nicest riding bike. <laughs> and then one year we were gonna go to Thailand. I didn't have any money, so I sold it to pay for our whole entire trip. And I was thinking the other day, man, I wish I had that bike because it would be so nice to be riding it today when I was riding my other one home. 
And then I was just thinking about how many times God has provided. Over and over and over and over. And the, the crazy part is, is I wanted a bigger bike with the bags and stuff on it again so we can go for longer rides. And it just so happens that I run into one of my father-in-law's friends and we were, you guys probably wouldn't believe this of me, but we were teasing each other back and forth and And I started picking on him because he's a streetcar guy and he was wearing a Harley shirt and he just wouldn't leave me alone. And I said, hey, you can't be wearing a Harley shirt if you don't own a bike. What kind of poser are you? <laughs> and he goes, Steve, I own three Harleys and a Victory. He kind of put me in my place right away. And he goes, I have this one bike I bought and I got it all painted and I got it all fixed up but there's parts they don't make for the bike this year. And he goes, so you know what? I'm gonna buy another bike and build it. He goes, I just need to get this one out of my garage. $2,500. He just spent more than that just at the Harley dealer putting on the new tires and the new brakes. He had just painted it. He had just done all this work to it but it didn't turn out what he wanted. See, God provided in a great way for something that I was willing to sacrifice. He says, oh, you know, at the end of last year, it probably would have sold for eight or $9,000 with no problem. And see, when we're willing to sacrifice, God has ways of bringing other things around. God has ways of opening doors that no man can shut and shutting doors that no man can open but we still have free will and we can be kicking down those doors. Some people sacrifice for all kinds of worthy endeavors. Some give themselves for the fight of pornography or child trafficking. Others stand against abortion. Still others fight abuse. Others fight alcoholism and drug addiction. You know what, all those are worthy pursuits. And if that's what God's called you to do, then that's what you need to be doing. Whatever your pursuit is, whatever God's called you to stand up for, that's what you need to be doing. And you need to understand is, it's not the end all to end all. Do what God's called you to do, and when you're part of a family, then others can be there with you. And even if they're not gonna go to the street with you, they can be there to pray for you, they can be there to encourage you, they can be there to back you up. And some people, you're gonna spark because that gifts in them, and maybe they don't have the courage to step up and do it. See, the good news is that the kingdom shines brighter than all these things. The kingdom is so much brighter than the ministry or the thing we're called to stand up for. That's just one little tiny part of what God's doing. Nothing else compares to the reign of God in our hearts. No pursuit, no degree, no amount of people. We should rejoice in the privilege of making such a deal to sell everything just to know him. The 
The merchant secured the pearl and the kingdom. See, the kingdom is worth securing. People sometimes try to enjoy the reign of God at a long distance. They may search. Sometimes we're willing to do some part of a sacrifice, some level of a sacrifice. But you know what? So many times we just go back to the former. We go back to our hurts. We go back to our pains. We go back to our past. We go back to all the reasons why we can't, all the reasons that it hasn't worked, all the reasons that it stopped. You know what? Once the transaction has been made, we need to live in what God's done in our life. Once the transaction is made, we need to step in and go full bore into what God's called us to do. We can't be wishy-washy about it. When things come up, we can't stop moving forward. You know what? There's pastors all over the world right now that said, you know what? Now that since this has happened, people haven't been coming in. I don't have the money. We're going to have to close the doors. You know what? If God really called them to do it, then they need to be doing it. If God's really called you, then you just need to step out and do what God's called you to do. And as you do that, he's going to meet you. But so many times we make the transaction with God, we're at a conference or we're at a church service or we read something or we hear something and boom, God explodes inside of us. But then when the reality of walking it out comes, we back off. And just like I said in the very beginning, we're searching for God in that situation, but he's not far. We just stop looking. He's right here at our right-hand side, and we just stop looking because we're looking over here and we're expecting him, you know. We think it's a country song, and we're saying, Jesus, take the wheel, and I'm just going to sit in the back seat. But you know what? I, I really believe Jesus doesn't want to take the wheel. Jesus wants us to drive, and he just wants to be the GPS and tell us where to go. Amen. It doesn't mean he doesn't take the wheel when troubles come and we ask him, but you know what? His full desire is, let me download the GPS. Let me tell you where to go, and you just listen to me. Turn right, turn left, turn here, turn here. Let's try an alternate route because we missed the corner or there's something coming up that he wants us to avoid. And we're like, no, you told me to go this way. And so I'm going to drive right off the cliff and into the pothole and into the traffic jam. And I mean, that's what we really do. I mean, it's just the reality of life, but that isn't what he wants us to listen. Sometimes he'll give us the destination, but he wants us to listen along the way because you know what? Maybe he wants us to stop and see the biggest ball of yarn in the world. <laughs> he has so much for each and every one of us. The good news is that the pearl the merchant thought he had made it... The good news is that the pearl the merchant thought he had made a great deal. 
When he found the pearl, it was the end all to end all. He thought he had found the pearl, but guess what? There was so much more that God has. You know what? It doesn't stop at the pearl. It stops when God says it stops. Sometimes he gives us that goal so that we attain that goal. There's a greater thing around the corner. There's the next step. There's the next greatest thing. What does God have for you in your life? What has God called you to do that you're not doing because... God called me to do this because. I, I was thinking about God does crazy things in crazy, unseen ways. <laughs> you, you, you never know what Jehovah Sneaky's up to. At the end of this month, it'll be 16 years since we started the church. And uh, Mona was there on the very first day and her two kids, our daughter. There was a man, Andy, that was our worship leader that was with us. And I was just talking to Rand Andy a couple days ago. God, God has a way of bringing things full circle. Randy got, Andy got transferred to California for his work and We could have never done what we've done without him. One of the very unique things is, over there they've been at different churches, but the church they've been at now for several years, just so happened that that pastor was trained and mentored at the original vineyard in California. <laughs> and so guess what, he's friends with all the same people that that, that, we're, that we're friends with. They have, they have the same kind of speakers coming in on a regular basis. And, uh, but we were just reminiscing, you know, when he started in the living room of our house, who would have ever thought that we would have a property on the corner of two major streets? God did. We had prophetic words. When we heard the words, it would be right off a highway and everybody would be able to see us. I knew it was I-25 and every time a property came available, I looked at it. I didn't care if it was a house or a storefront. If you could see it from I-25 or you could see I-25 from there, I was all on it. And nothing ever was even close. <laughs> and I wouldn't have cared if it would have been a cardboard box with two sticks. If somebody would have sold it to us and we would have had the money, I, I would have been ready to do it. Why? Because... I knew what God had said. But after we were here, then one day I realized that that's Colorado Highway 287. We only had a, we had the wrong highway. And then I thought back, and when I looked at words, he said that we'd be right off the highway. Well, guess what, I-25 is an interstate. I never caught on to the, you know. There's truth in words. And God said we'd be right off the highway, and since we just automatically call it a highway, he had other things in plan.
I'm just sharing that is because I look at where we were 16 years ago and where we are today. I look at what God is doing in the world, and I mean, people that are a part of this body, people that are watching, if, if you just really plug in to what God's doing here, if this is where God's called you to be, and you just really plug into what God's doing, uh, I think you're gonna be totally amazed at what God is saying, and as we just look at what people are saying around the world. And I mean, I'm not bragging, but we are so far ahead of so many things going on, why? Just because of our sheer obedience of, I just realized that we're listening to God, and not only are we listening to God, and, and we're weighing words, but we're not weighing words in the fact is, you know what, when God says something, we're moving on those words. Why? Because we have enough people around that we know when God has really said something and we step out and we start moving into that and so many other people hear the words and then God does something and then three months later they look back to make sure the word was right. And yes, so they can confirm that the prophetic voices and the things God was saying to people are true, but you know what? They've already missed the boat. It's already left the dock. The train's left the station. And they can say, yes, I really heard, but did they reap the benefits of what God was saying? God wants you to reap the benefits. When he speaks, he wants you to move. And the beautiful part about it is, is when you have a whole family around you and you have people you can trust and you have people that you know have your best interest in hand, then you can hear from God. Sometimes God gives us great opportunities. I was just talking with somebody this week that God gave them a great opportunity, but it wasn't the right opportunity. And if they'd taken that opportunity, things would not be the same today. Because if they would have stepped out in the opportunity, then this virus thing came and it wouldn't have been the same opportunity. See, it's having people around that you can trust what they're saying because they're not caught up in what's going on. They can say, yes, I see that on you. Yes, I see God doing that. Yes, you're excited because God just spoke it, but I really see that happening in three months or six months or, or a couple of years or why don't you just start working towards that? Yes, you can be a missionary, but God wants you to be out of debt and he wants you to have a passport. Because we can get caught up in the word and not ever step out of what he has. You know, we need to step out in the thrill of the prospect of making that kind of transaction. Like the merchant made. There was a little girl that recited the 23rd Psalm, but she didn't quite get it right. She said, the Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I want. <laughs> Giving her memory verse on YouTube. Everybody was commenting on it, but you know what? I think she got it right. We can say that she didn't quote it, but you know what? She got it right. The Lord is my shepherd and he's all that I want.
There's people who forget the value of sacrifice. Two men in the Bible illustrate the lack of willingness to sacrifice for the right thing. In the Old Testament, Esau takes the prize. You know what, like, like so many people today, I want it now. And if I can't have it now, then I'm gonna move on to the next thing. A bowl of beans looks so much better to him than the greatness in the future that he was hungry now, so he was willing to give up everything his father was willing to give him. We can't get caught up in the now. We need to be moving forward in what he says, but we need to do it in a very thoughtful process. In the New Testament, it's the rich, rich young ruler. He wins the prize. When he saw what the kingdom was going to cost him, his face fell and he turned around and walked away. You know what? Jesus respected his decision and he didn't chase after him. Jesus didn't go and try and convince him. You don't realize what you're running away from. If you just give up this, I have all of this, you know? If you just leave this great business for you, I have a Fortune 500 company that I'm gonna put you in charge of, and they're gonna pay you more in one month than you'll make here in three years. Because you have what it takes to take this corporation to a whole nother level. But you know what? The rich young ruler didn't see that, and Jesus didn't go and tell him all the pros and cons. I think that's what we look for sometimes. He didn't chase after him, but the next thing he did do is he went to his disciples in the crowd and he started talking to them about making poor choices in their life. He wanted to encourage them not to do what this man had just done in private. Why? Immediately he saw something that was going on. He saw the reaction. He saw the potential in this young ruler. And when the young ruler turned away, he says, this is something they need more teaching on. This is something they need to learn so that they can step into the fullness that I have for them. He was talking to them also about choosing money over entering the kingdom. You know what? God is going to provide the money whenever you need it. If he's truly called you to do something, he's going to provide the money. For some people, it auto-magically appears in your bank account. For other people, somebody will walk up and give you a check. For somebody else, you might get a check in the mail for something that you never even knew you had or something you'd forgot about. For some people, he's going to give you an opportunity where you have to go work your backside off. But I guarantee you, he's always going to provide. He's not going to call you where he's not going to provide. You know what? Do you enjoy the prospect 
of having this great exchange with Jesus, of giving up all these things we have to get this pearl of a great price. You know, sometimes you have to sell some things. Sometimes you have to give up some things to get greater things. But it's not until we give up some things that he can trust us with the greater things. Are we eager to sell everything and have him rule over our lives? Are we willing to step in the joy of that transaction or are we gonna do it begrudgingly? I hadn't even really thought about selling that nice bike till I was riding my other bike. And it just doesn't ride the same. Because I had spent years tuning the other one just for the way I ride. But you know what, I don't regret doing it. it isn't that I would never go back and not do it again, why? Because I can tell you there were hundreds of lives changed and those hundreds of lives that were changed went out and each one of them touched hundreds and hundreds of people and thousands of people were touched through what we were able to do on that trip. Was it worth it? Yes. And you know what, God restored. There's something refreshing in our day when we have a, uh, so many activities to find someone with a power and purpose like Paul who said, it really doesn't matter but this one thing. There's this one thing that I do. In Philippians chapter three, starting in verse 12, he says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten to my heart the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation, reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all that are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach his victory prize following one path with one passion. I want to tell you, we need to be willing to lay everything aside and step into the fullness that God has. We need to be willing to leave the past behind and step into the future of what he has. You know what, there's so many things in my past where all those that have been a part of leadership, all those that have been a part of the church for years, 
Sometimes God says stuff, I figure out what God is saying, and I'm ready to run after it. And sometimes they say, whoa, how's this going to happen? And you know what? A lot of those things, God never really told me no when I started running after it. Why? Because as I started running after it, he goes, now that you're moving, I can move you this way. Now that you're moving, I can move you this way. I can bring you back on track. God doesn't always tell us no when we start moving. Sometimes he just cheers us on because we're actually moving. If God told you today he wants you to run a marathon, you might But if he said, I want you to go take a 5K and it's going to be a walking 5K, you might be really willing to do that. But guess what? Sometimes we start on the 5K walking and then we end up on a 5K running and then we end up in a 10K. Then the next thing you know, we're running a marathon and the next thing you know, we're running an ultra marathon and the next thing you know, we're running one of those ones that runs for several days through the mountains and over the hills. But if he would have told us that in the beginning, we would have never started. Don't get discouraged when it doesn't play out the way you thought it was going to play out. Don't get discouraged. Press forward into the fullness that God has for you. He didn't lead you in the wilderness to die. He's leading us so that we're hearing his voice. So we're hearing that Holy Spirit GPS. So maybe you thought you're on your way to California, but you're really going to Florida. I just wanted to take you by the Grand Canyon before you headed down that way. So that you could see the great expanse I have for you. People at home, people watching this at a later date, you know what? It's just as true the moment you're watching this as it is right now. So I just want to take a moment. If you really feel that there's people in the room that feel they missed the call of God. There's people in the room that feel they, they didn't follow through in their failure. There's people that, that, that feel they let life get in the way. There's people that are still living in the past. There's people that aren't stepping up and being who they're called to be. There's people that say, I have all these prophetic words and nothing's happened. There's people that are saying, I don't even know what I'm doing. There's people that are saying, I don't feel led. If you fall in any of those categories, whether you're at home, whether you're here, I just want you to stand up. And you're just standing up and saying, God, that's me, and I need an attitude adjustment. I need you to touch me right now. I need you to change my life. I, I need to hear your voice. I need to experience your presence like I haven't in a long time. Maybe like I haven't since yesterday. <laughs> God has great things for each and every one of you. Lord, I thank you for each and every person responding. And Lord, I just ask right now, Lord, first that you would just show forth your grace and mercy. Show people that they haven't missed it. They just haven't stepped out. 
that that they haven't stumbled so far off the path. Maybe they were traveling west and you wanted them to travel east, but guess what? There's highways everywhere. Lord, I just pray right now for a fresh manifestation of your presence in their life. Lord, I pray for just a clarity to come for those that are listening, Lord. As they're listening to you, Lord, bring that clarity that they can step out and be all God's called them to be. Lord, I just release your anointing. I release your calling. Lord, I just release that yearning in their life. Lord, may they step up and be all you've called them to be. I really feel like God is saying to people, you haven't missed it, you just haven't started yet. (laughs) Today's the day to start the race. You haven't missed the starting gun, and you know what? We just need to run for the prize. Lord, I thank you for the release. I thank you for the release of your manifest presence in their life right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you would like to find out more about who we are, you can find that at ctfboulder.com. If you haven't already, please make sure to follow us on all of our other social media platforms. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Spotify. We post different content on each platform, and we want you guys to stay as updated as possible. We have so much love for you guys. God bless.